Welcome to Alphabet Fight, your encyclopedic journey through the Marvel Universe with all the characters you know and love and have forgotten along the way. I'm your temporary host, Jordan, here uh, with a prime unit, Kendall. <laughs> Hi there. Hey, Kendall. So today we are going to be talking about Mannequin. Okay. Do you have any idea who Mannequin is? <laughs> so uh, the villain from the first episode of the Christopher Eccleston Doctor Who? No, but I would not be surprised if he's about that level of uh, obscurity. Okay, okay. So it's the that's the thing that you put clothes on at the. Oh, oh! Is this? Uh, it comes to life late at night. Um, after the after the store closes. Oh man, I haven't seen today's special in like forever. <laughs> okay, yeah. So who's mannequin? So. For one thing, Mannequin's not just one person, he's four persons. And okay. He has uh, something in his chest. Yep. And there's three others behind him. If you didn't notice that there is actually a third. Yeah, yeah, I think I can see that. Yeah, looks like a monkey man and uh uh floating guy with uh things on his arms and a like blobby octopus jellyfish thing behind him. Yep. So let me, let's just get into his history and stuff here. His stats, uh, his real name is Whitman Knapp and his occupation is a medical doctor. His identity is known to certain officials of the Canadian government, which in Marvel means very bad things. Probably. Yeah. Those Canadians uh, always getting up to something. Yeah. In in the Marvel Universe, the Canadian government is, like, so evil for some reason. I mean... With, with what was it, Department H uh, and other Weapon X stuff. Yeah, they Weapon did. X, just, yeah. But, what, anyways, legal status is citizen of Canada with no criminal record. Uh, no other known aliases. His place of birth has been unrevealed. Marital status is single. Known relatives are unrevealed. And his group affiliation is former member of Alpha Flight. So yes, this is another Alpha Flight character. Nice. His first appearance is in as as Whitman is in Alphabet or Alpha Flight forty three, and his origin was in Alphabet or Alpha Flight uh, forty nine. But here okay. we have a cover of it's just basically Alpha Flight. Uh, well. I think that's Northstar running away. Yeah, that's Northstar trying to get away, but mm. the others are fighting Sentinels. Strike across the border. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 a pretty, you know, standard uh comic cover. Well, I mean, did Alpha Flight fight the Sentinels that are Alpha Flight mutants? I know they're affiliated with the X-Men. Well, Northstar would definitely is a mutant, so that that might be the the problem is that the Sentinels came after him. Mm-hmm. And since it says it is strike across the border, it might have just been like Northstar was at the border and the right, Sentinels right. came 
Right. And he's like, you're a mutant. It's like, yeah, but I'm Canadian and you have no jurisdiction <laughs> here. And it's like, but we're, we're still trying to catch you. You know, it's, it's interesting. I feel like I've never actually read a comic where like Sentinels were like in their traditional, like randomly going after mutants. Uh, like, yeah. like I, I've, I've, de- they definitely showed up in the, in the nineties cartoon, but mm-hmm. I feel like usually, usually if they show up in the comics now, it's like there's the one kid that like had a pet sentinel, and mm-hmm. there were the sentinels around Civil War time. There was there were the sentinels that had pilots that were yeah. kind of monitoring the the 198, but but like the just straight up like I don't even I don't quite understand. Like it was like the government was just just sent out these giant robot things to you know, go I th- I'm pretty kidnap sure it was mutants in, or something. I'm pretty sure it was in the late eighties of the comics that they, mm-hmm. that they did what basically uh, led to the civil war, by the way, was the superhuman registration act was specifically targeting mutants. Right. And there was people on there that basically wangled the funds to create the sentinels. Mm-hmm. And I, th- that also included master mold and that turned into a huge catastrophe. Right. I know Master Mold is, was the old machines making machines because there was a because there was a uh, an animated series episode on that. Yeah. Yeah. So my understanding is that basically after that, it kind of like was like earmarked as to be ignored by the government, but not always defunded because of uh, political shenanigans. So that's why they could always like possibly bring it back and they'd be loosely tied to the government, but not always. It's also like, say, basically, like you made a, they made a bunch of like ro- mutant hunting robots and they just kind of like decommissioned and put them in a warehouse somewhere. So, mm. so random, so random them, villain, random supervillain could probably recommission them to do, do their bill, their bidding, their bidding in uh, yeah. some random issue of uncanny X-Men or. X-Force or X-Factor or something. I think one of the, like, more scarier times they, they pulled off, like, the, that the uh, that the Sentinel program was still going on, and but they, you know, were only, like, uh, like, they were upgraded and something like that was during, uh, I think it was called Operation Zero Tolerance, when Bastion, like, really tried to uh, double down on mutants. And he, I think they called them Omega Sentinels at that time. Okay. And basically, they were sleeper Sentinels. They had pumped people full of, like, robotics and nanites, and just basically flipped the switch, and they suddenly became mutant hunters. Mm. And like I said, like, that's the most terrifying one, because they basically did this randomly to people, and they did not know it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Maybe I should do a a deep dive into Sentinels sometime, <laughs> but mannequin. Yes. Yeah, so looks mannequin. like he's got like an, a hammer or something where, uh, in, in the, in his Wikipedia page. <laughs> I don't know what that's. <laughs> oh, I think he's, he's standing with a group. I'll, I'll get to that. Oh, uh, okay. Cause that, that, that is one, one little thing of the new stuff I wanted to mention. So anyways, the history here is the medical intern Whitman Knapp was hired by Dr. Lionel Jeffries to be his surgical assistant at the New Life Clinic, a Canadian government sanatorium for the incurably insane. 
Dr. Jeffries was once the criminal known as Scramble, the mixed-up man, and had, according to his doctors, since been cured of his madness. Uh, he's also, like, related to Madison Jeffries and all, all kinds of stuff. Like, it was after the war that him and his brother went to that he got, got like, found out his powers, and but also mm. went crazy. So that's where he's been. But now he's he's cured. He had then become the head of the New Life Clinic, or clinic where the insane Roger Box, a former member of the team of superhuman champions known as Alpha Flight, was being detained. In reality, Dr. Jeffries had not been cured. He had instead secretly used his new authority and influence to create an underground laboratory and operating room where he planned to create a truly superior race of new men. That's that's new. I remember new men. That's and that's NU, mm-hmm. right? Uh, no, no, this is, but it is capitalized. Like, it is capitalized new men, but it's a different type. Like, because <laughs> let me say, there's tons of villains who try this so many times. Uh, Whitman Knapp learned Dr. Jeffrey's true plans and witnessed his horrifying transmutation of the body of, of his brother Madison, a member of Alpha Flight, into a mute, misshapen being. Because that was uh, Scramble's powers. He basically could reshape flesh. Okay. Like how I think Madison was like a had like tech abilities, like he could instantly understand and work technology very well. Okay. And his so that's actually kind of like why they went to uh, fight in wars and stuff like that was to help. Like one went as a mechanic and the other went as a doctor. Mm. Interesting use of powers, I always thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, that then tried to stop Dr. Jeffries from completing his experiment to create Omega, which I think was supposed to be the pinnacle of his new men. Uh, it was during this scuffle that Dr. Jeffries revealed that the real reason that he had hired Knapp, or revealed why, his real reason why he hired, hired Knapp. Dr. Jeffries had detected within Knapp the dormant sea of power which could make him a superior being too. Dr. Jeffries easily defeated Knapp and using his superhuman power, he transmuted Knapp's form, immobilizing him. Subsequently, Scramble used his power to merge with Box, becoming the creature called Omega. Shortly thereafter, Alpha Flight became locked in a devastating battle with Omega. During that battle, which occurred in another section of the complex, Whitman Knapp's body suddenly became suffused with blinding light. As the helpless mute Madison Jeffries watched, Whitman Knapp appeared to split into four beings. A blob of sentient protoplasm, later known as Proto, a Cro-Magnum Man, Ape Man, and a thin, tall, intellectual Highbrow. Highbrow revealed to Whitman, whom he called Prime Unit, that all were evolutionary forms of himself. The protoplasm and Neanderthal were from humanity's past, and he was from humanity's distant future. Knapp's terror had somehow released his latent superhuman power. Assuming the blanket name of Mannequin for himselves, Whitman Knapp attempted to help Alpha Flight against Omega. Highbrow teleported Mannequin and boxed the battle site. There, Knapp ordered eight men to rescue Sasquatch, one of the members of Alpha Flight, from Omega's grip, while he freed another of the team's members, the Purple Girl. Yeah, this this is also when uh, I think she goes by Persuasion now. Was uh, was also on the team. So Purple Girl is not Purple Man's daughter. No, she is. Or uh, she is. Okay. Yeah, but okay. Uh, she's she's going by. I think she uh, as a superhero, she's going by the name Persuasion now. Okay. Instead of Purple Girl. Uh, after the defeat and death of Omega, Whitman Knapp and the Purple Girl were de- designated by Alpha Flight as members of the training team Beta Flight. It was at Alpha Flight's he- headquarters on t- 
Tamarind Island off the coast of British Columbia that romance between Nap and the Purple Girl grew. As members of the, uh, as member of Beta Flight, Mannequin was with Alpha Flight on virtually all their adventures, acquitting himself with com- a commendable initiative and maturity. But ultimately, Nap found himself uncomfortable in the role of a superhero. Shortly after the Canadian government's in- inquest of Alpha Flight, he resigned from the group, and in addition, he ended his romance with with the Purple Girl. Nap then became an intern of Good Hope Hospital in British Columbia, where he spent a great deal of time in the pediatrics world. Word. Eh. Eventually, he received his medical degree and became a medical doctor at Ontario General Hospital. Uh, manipulated by the demonic being called the Dream Queen, Nap and Highbrow came to believe they were fictional characters whose lives were written by an author. author. <laughs> so, wonderful use of meta there. Yeah. Subsequently, the battle suit worn by he- 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 uh, Heather Hudson, who led Alpha Flight as Vindicator, went out of control. Uh, it caused her to attack other members of Alpha Flight against her own will. It was melting into her body, so she was unable to remove it, and was beginning, and it was beginning to distort her mind. In desperation, Vindicator tried to force Nap to remove the suit before it destroyed her sanity. Nap, however, believed that the author intended to have Vindicator slay him. Lu- Losing her sanity, Vindicator attacked Nap, but then Proto appeared and dissolved the portion of Vindicator's battlesuit that contained the control circuits. Vindicator thus was freed and regained full control of her mind, and Nap escaped death. Nap began to suspect that the Dream Queen had been manipulating him, but the Dream Queen immediately eliminated the suspicion from his mind, using her powers as well as his belief he was a fictional character. Okay. Nap returned to his medical practice and has not pr- participated in any Alpha Flight ex- exploits since then. Um, so just like an update of things, like he has actually, you know, off and on helped Alpha Flight and Beta Flight things. Um, more notably, uh, he was, he basically joined, um, usually as like a consulting doctor, not so much as a superhero capacity, but during the, the, Valkyrie Jane Foster run. Okay. Uh, Valkyrie and Doctor Strange gathered together a medic- medical superhero team, and that included Night Nurse, Cardiac, uh, and Mannequin. And... Oh, wait. An, an Excalibur... What's, wait, wait, let me check. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember... Uh, I'm probably going to say her name wrong. Fasi Hussein? I, I'm not not familiar with her. No, in in some of the Excaliburs, she was a uh, let's see, Islamic faith woman who got involved with uh, Excalibur at the time, which included the Black Knight. And through shenanigans, she ended up with the Excalibur sword, like the true Excalibur sword. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never read I've never read any Excalibur. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I may have, I may have like tried to read an issue here or there that was like a, that was like a tie-in. Like I want to say, I tried to read Age of Apocalypse, and maybe no, there was an X Factor book in Civil War. There wasn't an Excalibur book, but mm-hmm. like those, those like those like D-list X titles that are like their own corner. Like I, I. It it really depends on some of the issues and stuff like that. Like I know I followed Excalibur for a while because I was a fan of Kitty Pride, or 
Catherine. I, I, I uh, you know who I mean. Kitty, Pr- Kitty Pride is 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 a, is is her most commonly known name. So yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I know that for some reason she doesn't really like going by it there, and I just couldn't remember what what it normally is. Yeah. Uh, well, she's she's got. She's she's gotten older, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's got a, an inferiority pr- complex, I think, a lot. Uh, she's a yeah. character. She's one of the few comic book characters who they have actually allowed to mature and develop. Um, yeah. So you know she's, but she also doesn't. You know it. I mean, she kind of is leader is the leader, but like she's never going to be. And I mean, I guess she, maybe she did this, ah, this is, I think she might've been actually the leader of the X-Men in blue and gold, but she's never going to be the the leader in the same way that Professor X or Wolverine or Cyclops or, yeah, or Emma, Emma Frost, like those, those like kind of over the top, just the characters who were, who, who were only ever teenagers a really, really long time ago. Um, yeah, you know, Kitty Pride. I have the issue that I'm pointing to over there. She has the <laughs> "Welcome to the X Men." We hope you survive the experience. I have that issue. It's up there that I'm, I'm pointing to it. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, so she came in. We've had a lot of characters like that. Uh, uh, mm. Jubilee and Armor are like the two that come to mind. Uh, probably Pixie X23. That are the the like kind of like the new kid in the X Men. Yeah, like they've they've done it a few times. They're, uh, but anyways, ba- just the but mannequin. Put a, why is his name yeah, mannequin? I guess just because he was multiple men. I don't He's know. A man, and he could be the people that are his kin. I, yeah, I guess it is spelled M A N I K I N. Like yeah, not not like the actual object. Uh, dress, you know, dressing mannequin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't, I don't like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I forgot the the reason they put together that team. By the way, Doctor Strange and Valkyrie put that team together was the purpose of saving Death. <laughs> and during the mission, uh, mannequin transformed into his proto form and was accidentally killed by cardiac. So he lost the proto ability, his proto form. And later on, he also gained the ability to physically change himself into the other forms, not just have them like appear beside him or 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 as as separate people. Um, so let me give you down run down the stats here. We've got, and they break it down by each of the forms. Uh, we've got height, where Whitman Knapp is five foot four inches, highbrow six foot two inches. Eight man's five foot seven inches and Proto's three inch, uh, three feet. <laughs> uh, weight is Whitman is one hundred fifteen pounds. Highbrow one twenty. Eight man one sixty and Proto's thirty. Uh, eyes for Whitman is blue. Highbrow blue. Eight man blue. Proto does not have eyes. <laughs> and uh, for hair, Whitman and Highbrow have sandy blonde, but Eight man has black and Proto does not have any hair because. It's a protoplasmic being. Now, and I, I will say, I will say uh, that uh, that Valkyrie run, uh, that's, I mean, that's not Jane Foster Thor. That's Jane Foster Valkyrie. That, yeah. that issue seven of that, that is referenced in the Wikipedia article. That's, uh, that was from March of 2020. So, 
Um, yeah, he's, he's he's been brought back relatively yeah, recently. Yeah, so you know maybe he's going to be in, in the next movie. Ah, uh, hmm. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering would they actually do that because do remember that what his one form is a Cro-Magnon man that they call Ape Man. Mm. Well, they don't have that to seems, use his name. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. I mean, if they were going to bring him back, it would be if they were going to u- utilize him, um, it would either have to be like uh, in, in a really, you know, somebody would have to have a really specific idea for him or yeah. possibly he could show up as part of like a large if they decided to like really expand the MCU and, and, ha- and bring in like a bunch of obscure characters. Yeah. But then again, like uh, I think he's one of those few people that it seems to be really good at medicine and they've, they've always dipped back to doctors whenever like mm. random doctors at times when they can. So mm. who knows? Yeah. Yeah. They could have, yeah, they could have just call him doctor, whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, nap. I think it is K N A P P. If mm. anyone's curious. <laughs> right. Uh, it mentions unusual features of that highbrow is extraordinary thin Ape-Man appears to resemble a Cro-Magnon man, though his toes are longer and his feet are almost flexible as his hands. And Proto is an invertebrate whose consist- constantly shifting form is predominantly pink with flight circular patches in what is approximately its center. This color pattern, though, is as easily uh, altered as Proto's shape, with the white pattern often appearing as a band surrounding the pink. Strength level is pretty much normal for for William... Um, Highbrow appears somewhat weaker than him, and Ape-Man is considerably stronger, but does not appear to possess superhuman strength. And Proto-Strength has not been accurately assessed. Okay. And then, so, under his, his superhuman powers is where it's more explained, where Whitman Knapp is apparently a mutant who possesses a superhuman ability that enabled him to materialize three counterparts of himself, each of whom represents a different phase of humanity's evolutionary development. It's not known where the matter composing these three counterparts come from. Nap, the prime unit, is a dominant member of Mannequin and directs the other three in their actions. The Whitman-Nap prime unit has none beyond the calling of its evolutionary counterparts. Uh, Highbrow has displayed only the ability to teleport. Ape-Man has no superhuman superhuman abilities. Proto possesses a power of corrosion, which enables him to dissolve anything from clothing to metal to printed circuits. Oh, the... And he and Whitman Knapp himself has basically been not shown to have any of those abilities. So okay. he's just the regular guy. And just as one final note, it says here that Highbrow wears specialized eyeglasses that extend his vision beyond the range of the spectrum that normal human beings can perceive. Uh, he wears computer circuits on his limbs and clothing, and the function of these service has not yet been disclosed. <laughs> and that's uh, Mannequin. Cool. He's... Uh, He's a character. So, so he, I guess this is, I should, I should have understood this before, but yeah. he, he splits into four people or he, or he can transform into any of those three. Later, like I said, like in later, in later versions, like later on, and I think in the 2020 comic, he can, he does gain the ability to, he himself change into those forms. Okay. But for the most, for like most of his, until then, uh, it was he would basically split off into the the other th- the other three would split off from his main body and there would be f- those four. Okay. So he the 
with basically his normal self that had no abilities would just direct the others. Okay, uh, that makes. I mean, it's just uh, yeah, it's a different. Yeah, either you're a one man superhero team or you've got the transforming powers. Yeah, I just got wanted to clarify that. So yeah, like I said, like important the, the... for the journalism of this show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like it. It seems like he got he got the, the him himself later on, but it also doesn't mention if like he lost the ability to split into other people. So maybe he just like basically be able to like use power. That's the only way he can like use the powers himself. Mm. I wonder if I wonder if they just were like it makes more sense for this obscure character to just turn into to let himself evolve or devolve. Yeah. And so they just pretended like that's what it always was. They were like, it's, it changed in the 2015 secret wars. Um, uh, when, <laughs> when they re- when they got rid of ultimate, this is actually, this is actually ultimate mannequin. That's in the current <laughs> 616 universe. Uh, well, uh, that's about it. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? So you can find everything I do at KendallCast.Ninja. Um, I won't rattle off every single podcast that I do uh, on this episode, but I'll, I'll say that I uh, you can listen to That's What We Called Music, which is a song-by-song review of the Now That's What I Call Music catalog that I do with my wife and my sister-in-law. Uh, we're 70-something episodes now, so... Uh, not quite as many as uh, Alphabet Flight, um, but listen to the, the other episodes that I'm on to hear what the other podcasts I do. But everything's at KendallCast.Ninja. And I'll just kind of plug the uh, the social media stuff here for Alphabet Flight, which you can find at all one word, Alphabet Flight, at uh, Twitter and Instagram. We have a Facebook group, which... Because I'm, be- I can't. I have to make puns. I called the Hodgepod groups, so it's a little hard to find. But if you search Alphabet Flight or Creepy Critters or over In's Mouth, In's Mouth, you can find it. Um, and we also have an Alphabet Flight uh, Patreon, which you know could be very helpful for Jesse to get a new computer if if you if you have it. But I know you know times are tough. But otherwise, that's it. So may Conchu protect you in all your night travels. Goodbye.